Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth, and that very day his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. This is our psalm. The Lord be with you. Invite Noah up for our readings. morning. Our Old Testament reading uh, this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. They shall... Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Our New Testament reading is from the book of James, chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, 
the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel. Our gospel reading this Sunday from Matthew's gospel in the 11th chapter. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you. And more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. And truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning where we hear of the joy that you have given us in Christ. We pray that you would work by your Spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and lead us ever to rest in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. It had been about a year for John the Baptist that he had been in prison at this point. A year's worth of sitting in Herod's prison, a year's worth of wondering what the next day was going to look like, a year's worth of hearing this king, sort of, that was over the area that admired John, feared John, but also was curious about John and didn't want him running around, kind of saw him as a threat to his royalty. A year's worth sitting in the prison cell. A year's worth of wondering whether or not he was actually prophesying about the right guy. I mean, here he was, the Isaiah 40 guy, the voice crying out in the wilderness, the one that was there to prepare the way of the Lord, the one that was there to point out the Lamb of God who had come to take away the sins of the world, the one that was there to let everybody know that the time had come. God was fulfilling the prophets of old. Stuff was happening. The Messiah was here and coming in judgment. It was a year's worth of watching Jesus not judge. It was a year's worth of watching him heal people and watching him bring sight to the blind and 
watching him heal the lame, speak good news to the poor. So you can very well understand this question of John as he sits in this prison cell and he sends his disciples out and say, hey, would you just ask him, is it really you? Is it you, Lord? Like, are you the one that I, did I point out the right guy? Because it doesn't seem like you're doing what I thought you were going to be doing. And it doesn't seem like you're doing what all the prophets and everybody said you were going to be doing. And I'm, I just need to know. <clears throat> As I sit in this prison cell, are you the one? Is it you, Lord? You can imagine when that question landed on Jesus' ears as he's out in the middle of the desert. You see, Jesus at that point had just been instructing his disciples, and he had just been getting them ready to send them out. And so as he had spoken to his disciples and told them all about what it was going to look like with people not hearing his word and them being persecuted for his sake and and not going into any region of the Gentiles, but just going to the lost sheep of Israel. And he finally sends them out, and then these other disciples come rolling along. And, uh, you know, Jesus and John knew each other. They're, they knew each other's folks. And so as these guys come up, you can imagine Jesus kind of nodding his head, and they come up and they say, hey, John wants to know, is it you, Lord? Just imagine kind of the smile on Jesus' face. You know, not shaking his head or wondering or anything, but out of a heart of compassion, knowing exactly what's going on with John. And instead of just saying, yeah, it's me, he points back to the prophets again. He points back to Isaiah over and over and over. He says, you go tell John. Look, man, you see all those blind people? They're not blind anymore. Remember the lepers? They don't have leprosy anymore. Remember the guys that couldn't walk? They can walk. The widows are getting preached to. The fatherless are being taken care of. Everything's happening the way it should, John. I know you're in a bad spot, but you can have joy. You can know that it's me. I'm here. I know I actually don't know what it would be like to sit in a prison cell. I don't know what those years would feel like. I don't know what Herod's prison looked like or felt like. But I do know that we all walk through hard stuff, maybe not specifically prison, but things that can feel very entrapping, right? Situations you don't feel like you can get out of, whether they're financial or emotional or physical, mental, whatever the case may be. There's those moments where in our darkness and in the depths of our wondering and our doubt, we sit too and look up to God and say, God, are you even near? Is it really you? Are you there for me? Because it doesn't feel like it. It is God that's supposed to come in and take care of everything. It is God that's supposed to come in and lift up your people. You're the God that's supposed to come in and make sure that our hearts are full of you. And right now it doesn't feel like it because it feels like you're really far away. You know those weeks and months when we have a whole lot of rain? If you ever lived anywhere other than Southern California. And... It could be gray for months and months and months. And then all of a sudden you look outside and you see blue sky for a minute. Have you ever experienced that feeling? That's a little bit of that joy. That little bit of joy in the middle of something that seems terrible. And then you walk outside in the middle of the Midwest and it's still negative 10 degrees. It's kind of tricky. 
but there's still a smile that comes on your face because the sky's blue, and it's beautiful, right? That joy that can show up in the middle of dark places. This Sunday is known as uh, Gaudete Sunday if you want all the fancy Latin stuff. It just means rejoice. I started wondering, though, like, how, how the heck do we get that term on a day when we're talking about John in prison and all of the other readings that you really don't hear rejoice resounding in the readings by any means. And it's from a liturgical piece from the Latin Mass in the Catholic Church that on this day they would start off and it would say rejoice, rejoice, uh, in all things rejoice. From one of Paul's letters. It's great. I actually love it. I love the contrast of all of these readings here where you have Isaiah saying, look, there's a guy coming that's going to fix things. You have John wondering, are you the guy? And Jesus saying, yes, I'm that guy. I'm the one. I'm the one that brings joy. I know, John, you thought I was going to come in judgment, which he did. Sort of. You see, in the middle of all of the darkness that was going on in the midst of the world, in the middle of all of the rebellion against God's word, in the middle of all of the ways in which the people would take God's gifts and abuse them and make themselves more glorious than actually giving glory to God, in the middle of all of that, Jesus walks in and he takes the judgment on himself. Your judgment. The judgment for your sins, the things that you have done in the same way that would separate you from God, the things that would bring in darkness into life, the things that are done to you that also bring in that darkness from whatever hand it may come from. Jesus walked in to take that judgment on himself. Remember here John's word, for God so loved the world that he sent his one only son that whoever should believe in him would have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the whole world might be saved through him. That first advent, that time of waiting until the Messiah came, that first one was gifted with a Jesus that came for salvation. Our salvation as he took on our judgment. What joy that brings. Think of John in that cell again when his disciples come back and they go, yep, it's him. He's the guy. He's the right one. You were the last prophet, John, the Old Testament prophet. You got to be the Malachi guy that was prophesying this final coming of the Messiah. It's him. He's here. I know it doesn't look like everything that you were talking about, but he's here. He actually is the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sins of the world. He is the one that's fulfilling all of those things. All those good things are happening. What I thought was funny, though, is that when Jesus quoted Isaiah, who was kind of echoing the Psalms, I don't know if you heard it in Psalm 146, the one we read this morning, there was one part in there that says he's the one who sets the prisoners free. Jesus didn't mention that part because he knew what was coming up for John. It wasn't a pretty ending by any means for John. He didn't make it out of the prison cell. Yet he pointed to the Christ, the one that was there to do all the things that were prophesied about him, the one that was there to take on your judgment, the one that was there to hand over to you salvation, the one that was there to bring joy into the middle of a world that absolutely needed it in the same way that that one brings joy to us now. And you've seen that too, 
We've walked through it together with folks who are sick and folks who have died. And yet in the middle of all of the mourning, in the middle of all of those things, there's still a joy where our hearts are at rest because we know that God is still in control. We know that Jesus is still present. We know that he is the one that in eternity will hand over to us the keys of the kingdom and hand over the inheritance of his Father. That righteousness that he alone has. It was perfect righteousness gifted to us and he hands it to you so freely and graciously. So that when he comes again, which will also be in judgment, A judgment that he won't carry on his own shoulders because he's already done that. A judgment that will be there for all of the nations and all of the people. And as he lays out that judgment and there's sheep on one side and goats on another, he looks over to you and he says, yeah, I've already judged you in me. You're righteous. You're my family. Come on in. He brings salvation. That's what his sole purpose was to do. brings joy. I know not all the situations feel like it, but God is not distant from you. You've heard it so many times before. He promises to be present in his word, through his gifts. He's with you. He's with you here. He's with you by his spirit. He's with you in all the places where everybody else runs away from you. He's with you in the dark. He's with you in the light. He's with you in all of the places that he promises to be. So you would have joy. So that you would know that he is the Lord. We look forward to that day that he comes again. So that that's all that there will be left. His joy and his presence. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your promised presence. We thank you for the joy that you bring in the places where it doesn't make sense. And we thank you for lifting our hearts up by your spirit. To let them rest in the promises of Jesus knowing that he is our Lord and Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise.